Hey everybody, if you enjoy the podcast and the content it provides, be sure to hop over and check out the community. The community is an exclusive members website that is just an extension of what we do here in July at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar. What it is is a combination of video lectures, a coach's corner with your Monday morning take-home information, and a forum where you can talk about anything and everything related to the field of strength and conditioning. In the community, you'll find content added each month from some of the top practitioners in the world, ranging from PhDs to high-level coaches, bringing you exactly what they're doing with their athletes or their research at the present moment. On top of that, an additional discussion by coaches bringing you that Monday morning information, things that you can add to your training program right away. Tying that in with the opportunity to discuss with coaches around the world in the forum on anything and everything from the topics addressed in these presentations to whatever you're seeing in your daily life as a coach. If this sounds like the right thing for you and your staff, go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and try it out for 48 hours for just a dollar. If you like it, you're signed up, ready to roll, and you're jumping into all the great content added each month. If not, feel free to go ahead and cancel at any time. No questions asked. We're really excited about what we're building in the community and hope you are too. Go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com slash community and check it out today. What's up, guys? This is Jake Jensen, uh, the head strength coach with the Ice Bear and Hockey Club in Berlin, Germany. Coming at you guys on My Thoughts Monday. Today I want to talk a little bit about GPS in team sports, um, specifically using GPS to predict injuries and in an effort to prevent them with team sport athletes. The first thing I want to cover with, with GPS is uh, as an organization, a sports organization, specifically for pro clubs, um, the same is true for college teams as well, but for pro clubs, there's always a cost benefit associated with using technology within an organization. And I think that with GPS, the first thing that an organization has to consider is, is the cost of using the technology worth the benefit that it brings um, to the organization. And obviously with GPS, the benefit is that you don't have injured players. And just saving a couple of games for an injured guy, let alone the possibility of preventing a career-ending injury um, is worth a lot of money, especially for pro clubs. Um, given that the price of having a professional player injured and still receiving a paycheck is significant for, for any professional team in any league, uh, either in the United States or abroad. And so that makes GPS a really attractive technology in terms of cost benefit. Um, obviously it's not cheap to use GPS, um, but the money that you save by preventing injury makes it worth using it. And so I think the next question that an organization would ask is, um, it sounds like a great investment, so what is it going to cost us to use it? Um, and I think that in my experience using GPS with team sports, there are a couple things that teams, that teams maybe don't anticipate when like getting into GPS. Um, Obviously, the technology itself <clears throat> requires someone to collect the data, which a lot of times that job will fall to the strength coach. And in my experience, that's not a great model to use when using GPS because just sitting in front of the computer and timestamping the practice 
is a very small part of collecting the data uh, with GPS. So most of the time in my experience with collecting the data is involved in getting the units ready before practice, um, which before practice for a strength coach, there are obviously responsibilities there that need to be taken care of. Um, so if someone has to get the GPS units ready, program them before practice, um, they have to put them in to either the harness or the shirt or, or whatever it is that the players use to, to wear the unit. Those harnesses have to be placed into the lockers of the players. Um, and then once that's done, the live collection unit has to be taken out to the field um, or into the practice rink, wherever the collection's taking place. And someone has to sit physically in front of the computer um, and timestamp the practice. That's not necessarily required. That can be done after the fact. Um, but being, but timestamping the practice is something that has to happen. And so if that responsibility falls to the strength coach, that's extra hours onto their day, whether it's during practice or afterwards. Um, so that's something to consider. Also, once the raw data is collected and timestamped, um, there's the process of filtering through the raw data and deciding what is useful for each specific coach, whether it's the head coach or position coaches. Um, someone has to decide what's useful from the data that was collected because modern GPS um, applications often collect accelerometer data in addition to GPS. So there are a bunch of, of things that need to be sifted through. And if the strength coach is the person who is gonna go through all that stuff, that has to be considered. In my experience <clears throat> using GPS, it takes somewhere between 20 and 40 hours a week for one team to go through all of the data, collect it, um, go through the process of collection, which you know, like I say, includes setting up the bra, the, the, the man bra thing that they wear, or, the, or the, the compression shirt, cleaning them up afterwards, going through the locker room or waiting at the end of practice to collect the, <clears throat> the shirt, pull all the units out, um, make sure nothing goes, none, one of those doesn't go through the wash um, and get ruined. Um, just to get the data into the computer and then have to go through it and, uh, and decide what's useful. Um, so that's something to consider too when using GPS is just the time investment that's required from the person who runs the application. Uh, in my experience, that's significant time commitment and for a guy who's in charge of programming training for the athletes, to do that on top of, to do GPS on top of those responsibilities is like two full-time jobs <laughs> for one guy. Um, and it presents logistical problems because the strength coach has work to do when the GPS work is being done, uh, preparing the, the units. Another consideration <clears throat> when you're talking about how to use the raw data is uh, an organization needs to, really needs to ask themselves, is the GPS data that's being collected accurate? I think that's, you know, consideration number three. Um, there's been a lot of research done over the last 10 years on GPS um, specifically, but also there's been a fair, fair amount of research done on accelerometers as well. Um, the, the main person that comes to mind for me because I, I saw him speak in 2016 is Aaron Coots down at uh, the Australian Institute of Sport, has done quite a few uh, studies on GPS to validate whether or not the GPS unit is accurate and reliable um, there was a study done with him, I think he was on the study, 
evaluating the inter-unit reliability, having one player wear two units, GPS units, to see if they both collect the same data for that athlete who's doing the drills. Um, and I think that the reliability was okay. It wasn't great. Um, but that's something to consider when <clears throat> you're putting together a report on GPS or if an organization is looking to use it and wants someone to report to the coach um, to predict injury, what that looks like is that person has to, to recommend to the coach whether that player sits or, or plays. And if that recommendation is based on technology that is only 50% accurate at high speed, <clears throat> which for a lot of team sports, that's your highest load time, is when the athlete is traveling at a high rate of speed, whether it's high change of direction or sprinting, um, some of these studies that have been done, and a lot of those studies were on units that use a five hertz collection rate or one hertz, and I think a lot of these applications now are using 10 hertz um, collection rate uh, GPS units, uh, which is more accurate. Uh, but if that data is based on something that's only 50% accurate, it's hard for, uh, for anybody, let alone a strength coach, to recommend to the head coach that this probably star athlete doesn't play. It's like, hey, you should, you should based on this, not play the guy. And I'm 50% sure that that's a good recommendation. <laughs> you know, so I don't think that's something that any strength coach is gonna be comfortable doing. And as an organization looking into GPS, um, probably isn't like what you're going for. You're not, you don't wanna pay a bunch of money for something that maybe isn't as accurate as it could be. Um, and I could be wrong on that, like the research could be showing that it's more accurate than 50% at high, high rate of speed. Um, but that's something else to consider, uh, specifically with GPS itself, is that each athlete in a team needs to have specific bands set up for what is high intensity movement. Because when the, the unit comes to the team stock, all of those speed bands are the same for everyone. And like in football, for example, clearly an offensive lineman, his 100% speed is not the same as the 100% speed for a wide receiver or for a cornerback. And so somebody has to go in, assess for each individual what is high speed, and then change all of those bands to reflect that intensity within the collection of the GPS unit. Otherwise, you're getting <clears throat> severely underestimated data for faster players or really overestimated data for for contact players and the other thing is that players like linemen who most of their high intensity movements aren't based on physical displacement it's based more on physical contact in one play a lineman maybe moves 10 yards but he's not walking even though the rate of movement is walking pace it's a lot higher intensity activities, basically fighting for, for 10 yards. And so that's something else to consider where the GPS unit is bringing you the most value. Um, lastly, I think sort of the fourth consideration for GPS is uh, when you quantify something like sports, you have to understand that the statistical measure of how that quantifiable number relates to the sport needs to be done by someone who understands statistical measures. You can't just, well, I guess you could just say, we have this number and that, and it means that the guy's tired. But basically when you follow that like logic through to the end, what you're gonna find is that 
um, the person running the GPS is going to tell the coach, hey, the one-on-ones are more intense than, uh, than the walkthrough. And the coach is going to look at the guy and be like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, why do we pay X amount of dollars for a black box to tell me what I already know? I know one-on-ones are more intense. I know the team is more intense in one-on-ones. That's the way I plan the practice. Um, the, the technology is powerful if the person who's interpreting the data has the skill to extract what you're trying to learn. Um, so I think the takeaway there is that um, when you're looking into numbers for predictive analytics, you need to, <clears throat> as an organization, hire someone who has the skill with statistical measures and quantifiable numbers um, to interpret the quantifiable data. Otherwise, you just have someone who's telling a coach what he already knows, and uh, the organization loses money, and the coaches become frustrated with using technology. And uh, that presents problems down the line for using injury predictive models based on technology. And so I think, in my opinion and in my experience, <coughs> GPS has a lot of potential. Um, for predicting injury, but there are certain criteria that have to be understood, I think, at an organizational level. Um, you know, the commitment of funds, the commitment of time um, by whoever's going to run it, um, and then the understanding that using statistics for predicting injury takes time. You have to collect data for individuals <clears throat> based on their position. There's a high variability in terms of output between players which is something that sport coaches have known forever. You know, not all wide receivers are the same. Some guys are much more high motor than other guys. Um, the same is true for the statistics for that guy. So it's difficult to standardize an injury, injury prediction model for a team, let alone, you know, position group, because there's a high amount of variability between players and how they play their game. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't want to be a downer on GPS or say that it's not good because it's not what I'm saying at all. I think it's a powerful tool for predicting injury um, when an organization understands what is required to like, use the technology for what it's intended to do. Um, and so on Monday, those are my thoughts on GPS, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.